This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hi, this is Tawny from the Dirty Bits podcast, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if you're joining us for the first time, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 45. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and I gotta say, I am pretty exhausted, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I, I I feel more tired than Yokozuna after an Iron Man match. Oh, goodness. I, I, I feel more haggard than a, than a bushwhacker after a two-year walkabout. By God! My, my brain feels like Eugene on LSD right now, because I stayed up to watch... Freaking Wrestle Kingdom 12 last night. And it didn't start until 3 a.m. And it was five hours long. God. <laughs> five hours. I set an alarm. I, You know what? Best effort, A plus for effort, whatever you want to call it. I tried. I set an alarm. I, it just didn't work out. I couldn't watch it. So I'm going to have to watch the replay this weekend, which leads us to what we, we kind of decided to do before the show, which is not talk about Wrestle Kingdom today. Uh, which is, which I'm just like chewing my nails wanting to talk about it. <laughs> I've just, I've seen so much, so much Japanese wrestling in the last 12 hours. And I just want to just dive into it and talk about it because, I mean, usually we have a big news segment and really the only big news to talk about this week is coming out of Wrestle Kingdom because okay. there were some swerves in the old Wrestle Kingdom this year. There's some big stuff to talk to. Ugh, I want to talk about it, but I can't because I don't want to spoil it for you and for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. I do recommend everyone go check it out. New Japan, NJPW World, uh, NJPWWorld1972.com. Check it out. Uh, it is so good. It's, it's less than $9 a month to sign up yeah. for it, it's, and it's worth it. I mean, this is some of the best wrestling in the world today in terms of just pure in-ring wrestling and so some great characters too and man there were some awesome matches well we did decide we we're going to do a special episode recapping everything that to break down everything that happened at wrestle kingdom like we normally do one of our pay-per-view uh sort of breakdowns so we're going to do that for wrestle kingdom next week either monday or tuesday yeah early in the week yeah earlier the earlier the, the better because i want to talk about it yeah <laughs> well just give me time i gotta get through it this uh, weekend ah uh. uh. Uh, but all of the hype is real from everything that I'm hearing. It is uh, a fantastic event, and I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing some of the top performers in the world just go at it and, and throw hands. And you know what? Uh, we will do like we'll do like a little kind of primer for it at the end of the show yep. this week, so that if you if you haven't watched it yet, if you're interested, we'll give you a little primer at the end of this show, uh, just so you can be ready for it. 
But uh, in the meantime, we do have to talk about what happened in WWE this week. Uh, the road to the Royal Rumble is rumbling on. It keeps trund- trundling and rumbling on. Uh, we ha- and we, this week, we had several pay-per-view-worthy matches on WWE TV. Wait, so, was the Royal Rumble this week? I, I missed it? I don't know, man. They were definitely giving away some matches that I thought we weren't going to see until the Royal Rumble, but we saw them this week, um, and some of the matches lived up to the hype. Some didn't, but, <laughs> okay. but overall, overall, it felt like kind of a wheel spinning week. Yeah, uh, with the, with one or two exceptions. But with that said, let's get right into it and talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, kicking things off on Monday Night Raw, we had one of those aforementioned pay per view quality matches with Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe finally, you know, kind of culminating in this feud and getting a legit match. And yeah. Wow. Okay. So I I gotta admit I've come around a little bit on Reigns. Well, you know, you what? know what? It's it's it was fantastic to watch this, and I'm wondering if it's either a maturation on his part over the course of 2017, or if it's just who he's in the ring with. It, it part a little bit of both, I would say. I mean, but here's the thing: despite everything that we say about Reigns, and this is one thing I keep pointing out, the dude can go in the ring, and he has had some great matches. Even when the the one episode we had. When right after he said that he's the best wrestler in the world and we were all kind of, you know, laughing yeah. and everything. <laughs> one of the caveats I gave was he does put on consistently solid matches uh, and you can't really you know, fault him for his in-ring ability. Uh, he's had good matches against Finn Balor, against AJ Styles, against Braun Strowman. Uh, and this was a great match against Samoa Joe. I was a little shocked that they gave this away on TV, especially considering the finish. Uh, which, you know, they finally had uh, Joe going for his intercontinental, for Reigns' intercontinental belt. And last week, uh, Reigns' temper got the better of him, and he got disqualified for just hitting Joe too much in the corner and shoving the ref. Yeah. And this week, they added the stipulation that if Roman gets DQ'd, that he loses the belt to to Joe. So no champion's advantage. And they, I mean, this was a really well-told story in the match and both guys, both Joe and Reigns did a great job of selling the story of the last couple of weeks with Joe targeting Roman's Roman's arm that he injured last week. Um, you know, the little ironic move where Joe dove through the ropes again, but instead of injuring Reigns, arm this time he injured his own. So they had like good callbacks. Uh, even John Cone, the ref played his part to perfection where he didn't get too involved, but he got involved enough to remind you from time to time that Roman could not, get ahead of himself and you know he could have been disqualified at any time keep that that uh, added stipulation in our minds yeah. and keep the stakes up so it was just a well done match all around and at the end of it Reigns beats Samoa Joe clean uh, it was actually a really good finishing sequence a lot of near falls it could have gone either way and uh, you know genuinely I, I felt like they could have realistically put the belt on Joe at this point so I agree it with it, that it made it so that it was genuinely tense um, but ultimately, Roman got the, the spear and got the one, two, three. Now, the question is, okay, you've just given away this match, and Roman has finally got that monkey off of his back where he hasn't been able to beat Joe before clean, and now he's done it. Well, I okay, thought, what now? Yeah, well, I thought an interesting twist to this for the prolonging of the story in the feud would have been to have Roman DQ'd, and that be the way that the heelish Samoa Joe lands the belt. 
and then it becomes a Roman fighting upward kind of thing just to get retaliation for you know something like him shoving. There was one instance where he shoved Roman into John Cone. Yeah, and John played it up well. One of the best selling refs in the WWE, in my opinion. Especially, another, when, the, especially when the ring breaks. Right. Oh man, wow. <laughs> Fell out of it completely. Right. Brilliant. What a uh, And then there was a spot where Roman went and picked up the stairs, and John came out and goes, "No, Roman, don't do it. You'll dis- disqualify." It just that yeah. whole thing, right? Uh, looking after the good guys. So I think that it would have been interesting had this happened or had one of those things been allowed to happen to allow Roman to be a little bit of that hot-headed temper thing. That's a good place for him to be but and, and put the belt on Joe and allow him to just constantly want to go after Joe to get it back. Well, I think that's what they teased with last week and this week. I think they teased that. And then my, my whole point is, is that, okay, now we're three weeks out from the Rumble and you kind of put a cap on this feud. Unless they... You know, jumpstart it with something next week. We're done here. No, I think it's done. And the reason why is because who's coming back next week? The Miz. The Miz. Okay, but I have he's going to come straight back and want his belt back. Except the Miz looks like he's in another feud, which we'll get into later oh, okay. in this episode. Sure. Uh, he looks like he's going elsewhere. So this is my question: Is now that Joe is lost clean, where? Do, I mean, does this feud continue? And if not, where do these guys go? So I want it to. I'll say I that. I do too. I personally think that, and then the announcer did a good job of selling it, and Joe did a good job of protecting himself, and Reigns did a good job of protecting Joe and making him look like he's legit and can toe to toe Reigns. Uh, and you know, but for a move or two, Joe, it, it's, can, he can go, you can go with him. So I, I think that they could conceivably keep this feud going by adding a, you know, Joe doesn't you know fight straight up anymore. Now he starts backstabbing Reigns and. You know, we have a stipulation match at Royal Rumble between the two, which I, I think you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, what you, would it be in your mind uh, at this point? The way that they're doing it, you know, like a some sort of no holds barred or no DQ kind, no of, thing. DQ kind yeah. of thing or or a street fight. I don't know, but something something a little bit more vicious. Also, that would keep Roman out of the Royal Rumble, theoretically. So I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, but the, you know, I don't think I don't think Roman needs to win the Royal Rumble this year. And this is whole a whole Royal Rumble talk. We can have it another time because we do got to move on here. But the bottom line is, right now they've left it at a point where they could walk away from this feud. Uh, I just don't I don't think they should. It's just going to be a, a bit of an uphill climb to get the momentum going back in the feud again. Yeah. Well, in any way, does this hurt Joe? It, it, you know, does it? Does he look bad off the? There were the only thing that stood out for me was um, the Coquina clutch wasn't protected in this match because Roman did get away from it. Uh, there was one spot where he did get it locked in, and they called out on the commentary that he's locked it in. Yeah. yeah. So uh, previously, before this, it's pretty solid that if he gets it locked in, you're, it's, you're it's going been to sleep. broken out of before. Reigns broke out of it last week too, so okay. it's it's okay. it's been you know it's not as protected. And I wish Joe could go back to using the muscle buster, but they're they're scared of it, and with good reason. You know, there are people who don't have a career anymore because of the muscle buster. Mm. Uh, looking at you, Tyson kid. Uh, glad he's okay. Yeah. But the, my point is, is I I think that it's a step backwards for Joe, but it's not the end of the world. Mm. Uh, he definitely looked good coming out of this. Uh, someone else who looked good coming out of her match, we had a match, another pay-per-view quality match that I'm shocked they gave away, which was Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. Now, the only thing that kept this from being a pay-per-view match was that for some reason the title wasn't on the line. So I'm not really sure why we even had this match because as soon as Kurt told uh, Alexa that the title's not on the line, you know, she's going around complaining and trying to get Nia Jax to help her. Uh, Nia's too busy you know, bringing chicken soup to a legitimately sick Enzo. <laughs> okay. Um but Alexa's going around trying to get protection and I'm like, why are you worried? Your title's not on the line here. 
you know? And sure enough, uh, Asuka beat the crap out of her. Uh, uh, she was kind of selling her back a little bit, which was kayfabe injured. And, uh, but then ultimately beat Alexa pretty clean. And even the crowd wasn't into it. The crowd was dead for this and half, you know, but the seats were empty. Like no one really cared about this match. And I don't know if that's from the lack of build that it was just dropped on everybody really quickly. Uh, Asuka not being over enough yet. Like they haven't, they haven't built her in the right way. Like weren't I thought they, they in central Florida. This was, I know Miami. Was, it was Miami. Yeah. Smackdown was Lando. This was a Miami okay. was raw. So I, I, you know, or if it's just the, because it wasn't enough stakes, like the, the belt wasn't on the line. I'm not sure what it was, about this match, the audience wasn't engaged enough. And frankly, I wasn't either. Cause I, I was like, well, they've made it such a big deal, such a big deal about the title, not being on the line that it's obvious. Oscar is going to win here. Uh, and I don't know where this leaves the feud now. Like the only thing I can think that this, that, that makes sense about this going forward is if now Oscar says, I beat you, I want my title shot. And she gets a title shot before the rumble takes the title. And then she's the person everyone's chasing coming out of the women's Royal rumble. And that's the build you have to WrestleMania. I could see that. I could totally see that going down. The interesting thing for me here that you just called out was that it, the title wasn't on the line and Oscar beat her pretty handily, but I liked the play uh, that uh, Alexa Bliss put in where she was constantly ducking under the ropes. There was a bit of cowardice there. Wasn't really sure what she was getting herself into with this match. I, I like the way that she played that from a psychology perspective. See, I thought it was more that she knew what she was getting herself into and was trying to do her best as a chicken shit heel to keep from getting her butt kicked. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She knew what she knows what Asuka's up against. She's trying to portray that to the WWE universe. Yeah, she knows what she's facing. Yeah. And so she's and she's and she did a good job of, of showing how scared she is of Asuka. Again, people for, for the most part have done a good job of making Asuka look like a killer. Uh, my question is, is, is this a good thing when you know you have someone who can handily beat your champ? If Oscar's in the Royal Rumble, how do you not have her win it at this point? So it's, they're kind of booking themselves into a bit of a corner with the way that they're doing all of this. And I can only hope that they've got some sort of grander plan going on with, with why they're doing this now. Well, let's play out your fantasy booking scenario. Oscar does take the title off of Alexa bliss next week to become the raw women's champion. Going into the Royal Rumble, who do you see coming out of the Royal Rumble to go face a lot of Oscar? That's a good question. I mean, it, it's really going to depend on if one, if Paige is healthy, because mm. I could see Paige Oscar. Two, if Ronda Rousey does indeed debut, there's been some rumors that she's kind of pulled back a little bit, might be going to film a movie or something. Uh, and two of the four horsewomen of MMA have stopped their wrestling stuff. Now it's just Shayna Baszler and theoretically Ronda Rousey. Uh, so if Ronda goes in the Rumble, I see her doing it. Aside from that, Paige, but she's injured now and her neck's an issue. Uh, so I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure where they go at this point. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, the next few weeks are going to be the tell. So could it possibly be a Ruby Riot coming up? No, no. Nope. Okay, nope. Uh, not the way that they're booking them right now on SmackDown. Gotcha. There's no way they. they I don't think they have enough faith in them. I think well, I mean, they're, they're facebooking Oscar at this point. That's fine. Which feels weird, just like it did with Bobby Roode, uh, because both of them had such long heel runs coming out of NXT, but. Uh, I, I don't I don't know either. It's going to yeah. be interesting to see because of the people that have declared to go into the women's Royal Rumble match, I'm not seeing any clear winners yet. No, same. And I mean, Oscar technically is in the Rumble now. She was one of the first people to declare. Right. So unless I mean, and obviously she could get pulled out of the match if she wins the championship and be replaced by Alexa Bliss. But otherwise, I don't see why you would have Oscar win here in this dominant of a fashion. Um, 
but that being said, so earlier we were talking about other feuds and uh, you mentioned The Miz. Mm-hmm. So something else big happened this week. And frankly, it would have been one of my big news segments, except the kind of lackluster way that they handled it. And that is that the freaking Bullet Club reunited. Sorry, the Balor Club reunited this Monday Night Raw. You had uh, Finn Balor had to find two guys to have a handicap match with against Elias and the Miz Taraj. And so who did he find? But the good brothers themselves, Gallows and Anderson, too sweet. And, and it was kind of like, and, meh. And I marked the hell out. I marked the hell out, too. And the crowd was pretty into it, too. We had a whole bunch of too sweet chants, and everyone was was into it. And Finn couldn't stop smiling. Yeah, that was he so was, funny. He was so happy to be back with his boys. You have two of the original Bullet Club members and one of the pretty OG guys from the Bullet Club, and they're all back together now. My question is, okay... Cool, they're back together. I, I kind of potentially see them. Miz is coming back next week. He will probably replace Elias in this feud. It'll be the Miz and the Miz Taraj against the Bullet Club, which is, by the way, the second time in the last few months that the Miz and the Miz Taraj have reunited a major faction. They reunited the Shield, and now they reunited the Bullet Club. Wow, I didn't even put that together. That's and, impressive. Well, it's impressive, except when you realize that that was kind of a uh, kind of a lackluster way of reuniting the shield. And they had to eventually turn them into the, turn them onto the bar as a feud yeah. because the Miz Tourage, Miz can hold his own in a match, but the Miz Tourage are jobbers. Yeah. Whereas Seamus and Cesaro are, are beefcakes. And this feud, again, you've got the Miz coming back. Fine. Miz and Finn, I'll watch that feud, but the Miz Tourage versus the bar. Now, granted gals and Anderson have not had the best run lately, but at the same time, Bullet Club should be coming back as a major thing. And instead, they're feuding against the Miz Taraj, which just doesn't feel that big of a deal. Well, for those of us in the know, we know that Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel are kind of have long legacies and are generational wrestlers. Bo Dallas, in addition, is by one the, of my favorite in-ring workers. And one the of the best NXT champs of all time. Yes. People forget how good he was in NXT. Yes. He just hasn't, he's had no luck in the main roster. But again, it's how they're portraying him now, I guess is what I'm saying. I agree with that. But to your point, the same thing could be said for Gallows and Anderson. I think all four of these guys, there's an opportunity here to make this a legit feud and not treat Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel as like comedy sideshow jobbers as they have been so far in this kind of thing. I think this could really turn and some viciousness could come back out of a Bo Dallas or Curtis Axel or both where you see these guys really just have a good feud. And I like two factions going against each other because it gives you so many options for matches and two-on-ones and all of this other kind of stuff. Yeah, No, I agree. I love the idea of having factions again. We were we were lamenting early this year about how there's not enough factions in the WWE yes. right now. And so having some little stables, even though they're like only three people in the stable right now, that's fine. There's yeah. not New Japan. We don't need 10 people in a stable. Freeze company. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is it does feel like a bit of a step down for Finn to be working with all these guys who, I mean, that's the problem is that Finn's, Finn hasn't really been on the up and up in the last six months since he came back. Uh, so now it's almost like he's come down to this level. Uh, and as much as I would be excited to see that feud, you know, as far as what you're saying about Bo and Curtis looking more vicious, they sure didn't this week. No, they got manhandled. They got manhandled. I don't think Miz replacing Elias is going to change that. Maybe they they do Maybe. a couple more Healy kind of tactics to to get over. But my other question here is: it, Are Gallows and Anderson face now, or is Finn going to go heel? I think so. Uh, the first, the the former. So I wanted to say to counter what you said. I think and, and to, it contributes to why Finn was smiling so much. He was. Right. 
the only thing I could think when I was watching this on, on Monday night was, yes, finally they figured out what to do with Finn Balor. Put him with his boys and yeah. look at how happy he was, how fun that match was, how great it was to see Gallows and Anderson. Uh, Gallows run, doing rope runs back and forth, knocking dudes out with the boot. Oh, I, I've missed these guys. Hot tagging, hot tagging yes. like a mother. Yes, and so... Yes, it's a credit to the factions. Who cares what Bo Dallas and Axel do? I'm so happy to see Finn back in a place where he's happy and is excited in fast-paced matches. I, for once, I'm excited to see what they do with this around Finn Balor. I don't think it's a step down at all. Maybe from the, the universal title picture, sure. Definitely. Absolute top of the card. But this is a really good space for him to be in, And in I think opinion. I think that, frankly, like given the, the charisma between the three of the, the Balor Club guys... Uh, you know, we've seen Gallows and Anderson be really funny in promos before. They're yeah. ver- they're they're very fun to watch. They can be very funny on the mic. And I think if you give put them with Finn, first of all, it shows more of his character. Yeah. It'll it'll allow him to kind of break free a little bit more and be more smiley and, and have, Dean, have more James Deeney pocket yeah, uh, like brooding pop in the jacket brooding yeah. Balor <laughs> broody Balor broody Balor uh bra- bruiser broody I don't know. Uh, never mind. But uh, the thing is, I think this will allow him to, to open up his character more. It'll get more shine on the Good Brothers and how fun and funny they are, especially opposite The Miz, who always kind of elevates people opposite him when it comes to promos and comes to in-ring segments. Bingo. So I think this could be a good look, but it will. it's a matter of if WWE allows it to be a good look. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, too. So uh, as many big men that are circling the the top of the card right now, it's hard for him to realistically be in that. So I'm I'm really happy. As much as I harp on him doing the cruiserweight stuff, I'm not going to do that this week. This is a really good place for him to be in. My Even opinion. though you did kind of passive aggressively just do it, but I will actually <laughs> add that Miz is not that much bigger than Finn, so it's not. It's again, it should be a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, another good matchup we had this week was Jason Jordan facing off against Cesaro. Uh, in what was a pretty damn good match. You, I mean, I expect that from Cesaro. I've come to expect it from Jason Jordan. It was kind of a nothing match, again, spinning the wheels on this feud, but it did show us another a bit of the uh, dynamic going on between Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan, yeah. with Seth kind of begrudgingly clapping along, Jason being a little bit overwhelmingly, I don't know, cocky or just full of himself and uh, a little annoying. Uh, but I like what they're doing with this character, where they're, you know, they're, they're he's not really a full-on heel. He's not a face because everyone boos the shit out of him, and everyone around him is obviously annoyed by him. But it's it's working, it's all working. And I didn't think that it was a big knock on Cesaro. Cesaro loses a lot. It's the kid at the it's, playground you don't want to play with, but you can't be mean and and you know run him off, right? It's that kind of thing. And and they must have gone back and listened to an episode from last summer because they're really starting to call out. The daddy's boy, favoritism from Kurt, all that kind of stuff. Now, in it's the in last full couple swing. of weeks, it's, it's in, it is going now, and I'm I'm happy about it. Yeah. That's what that's what I wanted to happen last year off the back of that news. So, yeah, this match between Cesaro was fantastic, pound for pound, two of the strongest wrestlers in the WWE. You're going to get some fireworks out of that. You're going to get some excitement out of that. Some really great spots, some great Good storytelling. Uh, submission stuff going on. Yeah. Awesome match, in yeah, my opinion. I agree. And my only problem with it is, again, that, that just as the as far as the overall feud, it's not really going anywhere right now. I don't know if we're going to head into another feud with the bar and a match at the Royal Rumble or what we're heading towards, but 
at this point, you know, you kind of have to. That's all there is. Exactly. And which is <laughs> There's kinda, nobody else. Kind of sad. Speaking of things that uh, that's all there is, is let's look over at uh, Rhino and Heath Slater, who apparently are the only people that they had to throw at Braun Strowman this week. He's murdered everybody else at this point. Well, and he murdered two more guys this week. And this was basically one of those fan service segments where poor Rhino had a match against Braun Strowman. Heath Slater kept getting up on the ring apron until Braun finally got pissed off and told him, you want to get involved in the match? Get involved in the match. I'll take you both on. And then power slam, power slam, power slam, power slam, power slam, running power slam, running power slam. Do it again, do it again. All the audience chanting, hit him again with it. And it was just basically a murder. You, you, Vince just had to be back in the back, just going, oh, <laughs> yes. Because they let it go on forever. I think they cued his music three times. They, they, you could see the ref being like, no, it's okay, do it again. And, and yeah, like Braun, Braun th- thinking it's done, he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, if they want it, <laughs> they want it. Yeah, we'll just keep, yes. we'll keep feeding into it. Uh, oh, God. Why so. is Kane even anywhere near this? That's just the one thing I want to bring up. Well, Let's- he wasn't near it this week, but he was near Brock Lesnar, who came out to another Paul Heyman promo at the end of the whole show. And then Kane comes out and choke slams Brock, and Brock sits up out of it, and Kane looks scared. And I was like, what did this do for either guy? This doesn't make Kane look any more intimidating because Brock just sat up out of your choke slam. It just further perpetuates your theory that, uh, or almost guarantee at this point, that uh, Kane is going to eat the F5 in the pen. And it's a shame. Yeah. It really is. You know what? I could see. I've I've started to come around to the idea that Braun might take it off of Brock because he didn't technically beat him. Yeah. And then Brock could come back and somehow beat him later for the title and then get it back by WrestleMania time just as a way to kill time. Yeah. Between now and WrestleMania, I'm coming around to that. Well, you've got they don't three want, to four pay-per-views between now and then. They don't want Brock to get beaten by anyone but Roman. That's pretty much been the, the yeah. case for uh, over a year now, Yeah. right? So at this point, how do they keep the, main, the, the universal title picture interesting without beating Brock? Well, they have, they have someone else beat Kane. I've come around to this idea, but it's still my, still my question is then, how do you beat Braun later on if he does take the championship without making him look like less? What if Braun pins Kane and Brock still saying. looks strong? That's yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so Brock still looks strong and Braun gets the title for a month or two until Brock gets it back. Brock gets his rematch clause at Yeah, but then know, he's beaten Braun or twice this year and that that doesn't I don't that that doesn't help Braun. No. You know what I mean? Having Braun protected by having Brock beat Kane makes more sense. But anyway, I I, I still don't care about this match. No. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I, not I would excited. love to see a legit match between Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. Just straight up, let's see it. We know that Brock can't go for that long, but I mean, just I want to see that legit and not the bullshit match that was SummerSlam. Was it? Uh, it was the match after uh, the one after SummerSlam, I believe. He'll see. No, uh, whatever. No mercy. It was no mercy, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it, you can tell how much we gave a shit about it, right? It, it was one of those that, where you saw just Brock that short attention match. span that Vince always accuses the fans of having. Braun is about as over as it gets right now. It would make perfect sense if they put that belt on him. I think people might be getting a little bit low on the perpetual Brock Lesnar and the Heyman promos. Well, you know who's not as over as he should be? What? Matt Hardy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I so so this week Bray Wyatt had a had a match with Titus Worldwide Apollo Cruz in particular. Not on the Hulu edition, by the uh, way. Well, let me let me explain it to you. Basically, he had a match against Apollo. Uh, Dana Brooke, who's now a member of Titus Worldwide, tried to, Worldwide tried to get involved. That didn't work out so well. Apollo eats the pin, and then as Bray is. I wouldn't say celebrating, but as he's in the ring afterwards, Matt comes on the Tron and gives one of his broken or woken Matt promos. 
uh, which was, again, very weird and a little annoying at this point. Uh, you know, one thing I went back and watched this week was the Raw after WrestleMania last year, where Roman came out and had probably the most sustained boo down that we've heard in decades. Yeah. Uh, stood there for 10 minutes just getting shit on by the crowd. Probably one of his finest moments of the year, by the way. Mm. If we do do a year and recap moment, that's going to be on my top segments. Okay. Because it is, it's fascinating. And to Roman's credit, played it perfectly. Might have been one of his finest moments. Five words. And he had that crowd in the palm of his hand. And he, he even said that he did. Uh, and just, it was, it was an incredible moment. But no less than uh, two or three times, Massive chance of delete throughout the entire crowd. Everyone doing the hand signal, right? Matt, Broken Matt was so over at that point. So one of the, over. One of the biggest pops of the year was the surprise Hardy's entrance at WrestleMania. Yeah. And we every time he came out for and a month afterwards. And it was full of the deletes. 100,000 people doing yep. the delete chant. Delete chant. Now he comes out. Eh. I think they waited too long to do the Woken thing. It Good came point. out of nowhere. And it's just, it's not connecting. Everyone, again, short attention spans, they're over it. They don't care as much. And he needed to do something to get it back in people's minds and get it over again because it just wasn't as over. It's not as over now as it was nearly a year ago. Well, outside of kayfabe, what's the what's the status of Jeff Hardy and what's his return looking like? Do we have any updates on that stuff? Oh, because I got to go check my notes. I think think he's due back in the next month or two but again it's uh, whether or not he's he can again with does his he character, come back as brother nero is with my question. brother nero he doesn't have to necessarily get physical in the ring he could come back True. and just kind of be there being blind and weird or whatever you know with his, with his contacts in he doesn't have to get physical so he theoretically as far as that role could come back at any point and maybe we see a, a, a bray wyatt matt hardy match which frankly smells like pre-show to me uh, well, at the they're Royal slumming Rumble. it with Titus Worldwide and Apollo Crews That's, at this it tells point. you what they're saying yeah. about, you know so it's if this is a pre-show match I, I could see Jeff coming back but I think if Jeff comes back it'll be a main show match but yeah, that's the only way they could really elevate this a little bit is having Jeff come back. My one little aside on this is that I think it was overall it's a little weird, it's a little kooky, but I dig it for the most part. That said, I think it was a mistake to bring it out without Jeff there to play the opposing brother Nero character alongside it. I think they brought it out too fast. I think Matt went yeah. from one week losing to he the next to week 11. full yeah. full woken. You know what I mean? I, I think they needed to build it. They needed to have Bray break his mind over the course of a month or two and then have him go into it as as opposed to what they did, which was just hot shot it and jump right into it. And everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Vince is going, hey, I told you this wouldn't work. Right. And, well, you know what I mean? And everyone over at Impact who held on to it for so long is like, ha, 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 we got you. Now, now your IP is no longer as as over as you thought it was. You know, that we held on to it long enough to screw you over on it. So it's it's... Kind of sad all around. Also sad, as we said earlier, Enzo out sick legit with the flu this week. So his match against uh, Cedric Alexander got postponed. And instead, we got a cruiserweight match between uh, we had Cedric Alexander teaming up with Goldust against Drew Gulak and Arya Davari. Doesn't he weigh more than 215 that pounds? That was my question is how is this a cruiserweight match when Goldust is a big boy? Huh. He's a big boy. I'm, I'm, he's 250 plus, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and he's lost weight. Yeah, well. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's slimmed down from where he was a few years ago, but he still ain't 205 or less. Uh, so I'm not sure how it's legal. But either way, 
It was a repeat of last week. Cedric once again wins with a lumbar check on Drew Gulak. Uh, so again, spinning wheels, biding time until Enzo gets better and can come back and have that cruiserweight championship match with our boy, Cedric Alexander. Well, quick aside, put yourself in the shoes of Drew Gulak, Cedric Alexander, and, and, and all the others. You just got to wrestle in a match with, with Dustin Rhodes, with, with Goldust. How cool is that? I mean, as, as cool you as know, anything. You, know, you grew up, you likely grew up watching wrestling. You're in your mid-20s. You just got to wrestle a match with Goldust. That's got to be pretty cool. I just wish and the company the would give Goldust the love that you just are giving of him course, right now. Of course, of course. And we know that they don't. And apparently our truth is out of injury and he's going to be coming back. And maybe there's something that could brew out of that. I don't know. But I, I think Goldust needs more love than he gets currently. And I have to give a, a, a nice hat tip, if nothing else, to the guys for hosting him in, in the cruiserweight division. Oh, and, and here's the thing. They did give Goldust some love when they brought Starcade back. Yeah. But it was mostly because of the aura of his father. Yep. And he's still kind of in that shadow. At this point, though, Goldust should be getting recognition as, you know, he's one of the last guys from the Attitude Era that's still working at a high level. I would argue he's working at a higher level than Kane, and he's the only other guy, and he's been around longer than Kane. I would argue Goldust was the guy who started the Attitude Era. Oh, really? Fight me. I uh. seriously, he was the first. He was the first gimmick that went crazy. That was that had attitude. That go, really got go people's really got in people's face. Shawn Michaels was just he was a cocky baby face. I still think he was very much of like an older school kind of he he got there, but Degeneration X and him going really yeah. wild with that stuff was after Goldust did That's all of fair. his kind of you know like gender stuff and messing with people in terms of uh, the kind of weird sexuality stuff. He Dustin Rhodes took a lot of that that old like gorgeous George stuff and turned it up to twelve. He went all in on it. He did the point. You know, where I never it is. really thought about that before. I, for me, the Attitude Era has always started with Triple H and Shawn Michaels forming DX and starting their antics, and that and that point forward. Yeah, ninety five ish, if I remember right, maybe ninety six. But you make a great point. I, there was nobody doing what what Goldust was doing in the you know ninety three to ninety four time time frame. That that's some really good stuff. Well, but and here is the thing: is I mean, Goldust was doing his stuff. Uh, well before Degeneration X formed. It formed in 97. And I mean, one of the highlights for me of Goldust's career was his street fight with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Remember that? Uh, vaguely, yes. March of 96 is when that happened. Mm. So, And he was doing that gimmick well before that, in, back in 95 even. So, yeah, I absolutely say it begins and ends with him, and he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Mm. Well, while we're all was treading water this week leading up to the Royal Rumble, we had a little bit more action going on over on SmackDown Live. Have I mentioned that I love the major, like the biggest feud going on over on SmackDown? Like they're they're kind of, again, they're kind of spinning their wheels too. It's kind of been the same thing again as last week, but little extra twists get thrown into it, little extra aspects to it come out every week, and it's just keeping me so engaged. And this week, much like last week where we had a match between Kevin Owens and AJ Styles for the champ for not for the champions non-championship this week we had Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles and last week Shane got involved after Ke- after Sami Zayn jumped on the ring apron he tried to get Cam- uh, Sami kicked out and in the in the ensuing confusion Kevin Owens rolled up AJ and got the win well this week we had the added bonus of Shane saying look if Kevin Owens is going to be at ringside while Sami's in the ring which is because Daniel Bryan, you set this up, uh, then fine, I'm going to be out there as well. 
And Daniel Bryan said, cool, if you're going to be out there, then I'll be out there. And everyone just kind of that tension building and building and building between everyone involved in this whole angle. And we're, we're still wondering what everyone's motives are. We're kind of starting to wonder about Daniel Bryan's motives. We're starting to wonder about Shane McMahon, if he's going to continue to act megalomaniacal like his father, if he's going to you know, kind of see what he's doing wrong and let this beef with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn go, or if he's going to still let this vendetta make him crazy. Uh, well, and- one thing I want to say about this real quick, before we get into the match details, we were just talking about the Attitude Era over on uh, Raw segment, but uh, this is this kind of complex feud has the potential to be an era-defining kind of moment for for this show. Like This could go on for a long time. Yep. You could have this energy between AJ, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shane McMahon go like we saw with Vince towards the like the late nineties, early two thousands, him inserting himself into everything with Stone Cold. This could define this new era of the two brands and all of that stuff. I, that's why I'm excited. Well, about and this. one of the things I liked about the Attitude Era, and I don't know whether to credit Vince Russo for this or not, I'd rather not, is that the long term storylines where things kept going. In the long term, even though feuds would change, you'd still have stuff that was getting called back to that had happened a year or so before. You can trace the origins of this feud all the way back, I would argue, before last year's WrestleMania when AJ and Shane worked out their differences. And then it became AJ versus Kevin Owens. And then it became Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. And then it became... Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan gets involved and now AJ's involved again. This is all stuff that you can see being built, whether or not intentionally, over a long period of time. I would say that this one, uh, you can like the major aspects of the feud go back to around SummerSlam when when you had the whole Kevin Owens, AJ, Shane, Shane kerfuffle yeah. when Shane was a horrible ref. Uh, but it's great long-term storyline and I like the fact that they're making it unclear what exactly is going on in Daniel Bryan's head? As I said, I think he's the most interesting GM they've ever had. Uh, and he's a fascinating aspect to this. I love the fact that they're having, that this has now been put back into the main event. This is now for the world championship. And it wasn't at Clash of Champions because they had to get rid of the AJ gender angle. Yes. Now it is. Now it well, is. They had the, to get rid of gender. Let's be clear. They had, well, he's, not, <laughs> he's not gone. We'll, uh, we'll talk about whatever. him in a second. Yeah. But uh, this was something that they had. Uh, at the near the top of the card, but they couldn't legit put it at the top of the card, even though they were spending the most time on it every week because they had to get rid of that. Well, now it's done. Now we can have this at the top of the card, the championships involved, and it adds more drama to it because you have a title involved now. And not only that, let's talk about the match. Yes. Because Sammy and AJ had a pretty good match. They're, they're, they both are great workers. Uh, unsurprisingly, outside interference happened. Kevin Owens and Shane got into it. And as a result, in the confusion, AJ takes a halluva kick in the corner and gets pinned by Sami Zayn. So now AJ's lost twice in a row, which I will take a quick second to say I love that he's the kind of champ that can lose repeatedly and doesn't lose any of his aura. Nope. It it might even take him up a notch because of the way this is being built and played, in my opinion. They could take notes for their number one guys. Perlman! Perlman! (laughs) That you can have some guy that loses every once in a while or repeatedly and still looks like a million bucks, looks like a legit champ. People still cheer the hell out of AJ Styles, and he looks great even in defeat because he gets frustrated. He says, fine, I lost it. You you both want to come at me? Both come at me. I'll fight both of you. And Daniel Bryan goes, you want to fight both of them? Okay. 
Triple threat handicap match at Royal Rumble. Was it a triple threat or is it just a two-on-one tag kind of format? It's a handicap match. It's it's not a triple threat. No, because now this is the thing. So a lot of people were saying this is a very heel move on Daniel Bryan. He's showing his hand and saying he's given Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn an advantage. If he was to do that, he would have made it a triple threat because then Sami could have just pinned Kevin and it would have been over. But how is it for the WWE Championship if it's not a triple threat is my question. How, which it's a, handi- one of, it's a handicap. It's whoever beats AJ, basically. Oh, so, so are that's they going to be infighting over who gets to get, get the championship? They Actually, they might lose it because they go, you pin him. No, no, you pin him. <laughs> no, you pin him. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> That'd be a funny outcome. Oh, man. But the, the, my, my point is, is that, yeah, it's still... It's more fair because it doesn't open up a scenario where Sammy could pin Kevin or vice versa and right. win the championship without pinning AJ. They have both. You could make an argument. This is the thing with the Daniel Bryan character is you can make an argument for everything that he does, right? Kevin and Sammy have both gotten a pinfall victory over the champ in the last two weeks. That means they both have the right to say I'm the number one contender for the title. Sure. So we put them both in the, in the match against AJ, right? Uh so, but he didn't make it unfair to AJ beyond the fact that it's two on one, but they still have to tag in. So, and, and AJ did call out, like, I'll fight you both. So he did open himself up for it. Yeah. And uh, one of the most interesting things after Daniel Bryan made that announcement was Shane McMahon's poker face. Like they, uh, you they thought cut, that was a poker face? They cut over to him and he was just kind of going. He's had that. He said he's had several different iterations of that face. Shane's face in the last couple of weeks. Can I call that out too? Yeah. Both him and Daniel have had the greatest expressions, like their reactions to each other. They keep they're keeping it really small so that the crowd can't tell what they're doing unless the camera's really up in their face. Yeah. Uh, they're keeping it really small, and it's inscrutable enough that you can't figure out what they're thinking. But it's enough so you can go, "Oh man, ooh, I don't think he liked that. Oh, he's no, what's going to happen? It's great. It's great TV. It's great wrestling. It's great booking. I love it." We're, so culmination of this, I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon. I think we're really just getting this started. This is going to go all the way to WrestleMania. Oh, I think some, it's beyond. And possibly I think this beyond. Because there's rumors of Daniel Bryan getting cleared. There's all kinds of stuff. You could see a feud with Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. They could go so many ways with this, and that's part of what makes it great. I, yes. I, I am excited about so many different aspects of this. Yes. Um, other things I'm excited about, the freaking tag team division. On SmackDown. It is Good on fire, and it's Lord. on lock. Well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Usos faced off against. We're going we're gonna to continue to call him American Alpha 2.0. I wish they would just call him American Alpha, because that's basically Although what it they is are. Really funny to, it is really fun to call them Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, but it's, which is really fun. And this was a really fun match. They had a championship match. Uh, AA 2.0 had their championship shot at the Usos, and they beat them. I want to tell a fun story here. I, so, I lost my mind. I, I did too. And I did it sitting in a fat burger up the street <laughs> at, you know, nine o'clock at night, watching it on Hulu on my phone, trying to play catch up uh, last uh, Wednesday, yesterday, because I didn't get to watch it on That's uh, so on funny. I, I watched this playing mustard. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting in a fat burger, eating my burger and my, my big fat fries. And, and by the I'm, way, for those of you who don't live in L.A., yeah. In-N-Out is not the be-all, end-all. Fat it, Burger. It, yes. It, that's the money. All you hear about is In-N-Out and maybe Five Guys, but Fat Burger is where the real burger that's, enthusiasts That's the go. people that know yeah. go to Fat Burger. Anyway, continue. Yes. So I'm sitting at Fat Burger, and there, it's, it's actually pretty full. It's one of the few places that are open beyond 10 o'clock around here, so they're open to like 1 or 2. But I'm sitting there, I'm eating my thing, and all of a sudden, 1, 2, 3, and I'm like, whoa! Yes! Yeah. What? 
lost okay. my mind. I like, couldn't believe it. I did a full little John. Yeah, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, again, this feud, I, I've been adamant about this for the last couple of months now leading up to this. I think this is going to be as big, if not bigger, as big of a feud, if not bigger, that the than the New Day and the Usos were last year. It has the potential be, be, because, but wait, <laughs> but wait, as, the, as American Alpha 2.0 is walking away with the belts, Everyone's yelling in the ring. The Usos are yelling. Another ref comes out, starts yelling at uh, the ref in the ring and says, no, 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 no. The two guys that got the pinfall weren't the legal guys. They pulled a Bella twin swap on them. Uh, Well, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, it, it was just that the ref lost track of who'd been tagged in. Yep. And Gable pinned, I believe it was Jimmy, but Jay was the legal man and, and Shelton was the legal man. Yep. So it wasn't the right call. The classic dusty finish. Yes. And it comes back, and the match continues, gets restarted. Here we go again. And then the Usos win and retain. It so, was amazing. It that was is great. my other outside of Wrestle Kingdom because I haven't seen it yet, so I can't comment. It was my favorite moment of the week. Now that, they shouldn't that dusty finish. I agree. And they shouldn't use dusty finishes all the time because no. it can get old. Yeah. But man, properly applied in a surprise moment. Mm, damn, it's good. Damn it! They had me. I was, I was, I was, I, I was only hook, line, and sinker. I didn't care who was in that fat burger. I was going crazy over that <laughs> win last night. And then they're like, "Oh my god!" And they called it back. What? Yeah, it was, oh. it was fantastic, and, and also a great match as well. It just the both oh, those teams it works so well. Uh, but yeah, so this was very exciting. I can only imagine, as you said, this feud has to continue at this point because it was a dusty finish because it was all of this awkwardness. AA 2.0 now has a, a, a pedestal to stand on and say, Hey, we got screwed here. Um, and the Usos can say, well, you want us, you know, you want to do it for for real. Come on, bring it back. Yes, please. Uh, so yeah, I can see this go. I can see this going on, I, but the commentary also did kind of say, well, they had their chances and they blew it. Now they have to try again to get the chance. So we'll see. Maybe this is something that, you know that now, now Gable and Benjamin have to jump through some hoops to get that number one contendership back, and then they do. We have something at the Rumble, so maybe. I don't know. Well, we can't talk about these two guys without talking about the other two massively over teams in the tag division, the New Day and Rusev Day. But in this instance, we have to talk about them within the confines of the U.S. Title Championship. Yeah, in a singles matches, in singles matches that's going on right now, right? Yeah. So we, this week we had Xavier Woods facing off against my boy Aiden English. And we still didn't get to hear his music. I'm, I'm disappointed no, in that. No, but, but what anyway. we did get to hear instead was as Aiden's in the ring getting ready to sing the Rusev Day song, Rusev goes, no, no, no. This time I sing. And he even did the throat clear. Yeah, he and did. I lost my shit. Oh, man. It was beautiful. <laughs> Rusev sang a nice little song to Aiden English as a way to introduce him to the match. Yes. We had a very rare singles match from both Xavier Woods and Aiden English, and it was a pretty good match, as you would expect. I've been trying to tell you all about Aiden English. That boy can wrestle. Well, and apparently WWE heard you because he's getting some love. He's he's not a jobber anymore. He's getting competitive matches, and this was a competitive match. This is the best match I've seen him and maybe even Xavier in a single setting perform in out since Simon Gotch left and the Vaudevillains split up and... You know, it's been two to three years now. Yeah, it was definitely a highlight for Aiden. Big I mean, time. I thought that he had some good stuff against Randy Orton. It's just those were kind of quick matches sure. be- because Randy. Uh, but in this, it, it was nice to see Xavier and Aiden getting a little bit of solo spotlight. Big and time. especially having some stakes. This was a U.S. title. Uh, what would what do you call it? The um, 
it within the brackets like a, it's a championship tournament. Sure. Uh, so this one was the round one, and uh, Xavier Woods won, and so he'll be going on, and he's uh, next week he is facing Jinder Mahal. Uh, no, not next week. Two weeks he's facing Jinder Mahal. Next and week the, it'll be uh, Bobby Roode and no next the win- next next week it's uh, Zack Ryder Mojo and Mojo and Raleigh, yeah. and the winner of that goes on to face Bobby Roode. Correct. And then the winner of uh, Roode and Ryder or Mojo faces the winner of Xavier or Jinder Mahal. Yep. Blah. And that will that, the, the finals Rumble. will take place at the Royal yes. Rumble. So we have exactly enough time to build this up to get that match at Royal this Rumble. This was really real. I want to I want to take my hat off to Creative. This was really well put together. Uh, yeah. You timed it perfectly to line up with the Rumble. Uh, it's been it's written really well. I was down on the original bracketology at first where certain people but like the more you look at the it, the more I look at it. I'm like, okay, I like a, the SmackDown land of opportunity underdog elements that are coming in. Guys, to you this don't tournament. normally see. The only downside is, is that it kind of shows its hand a little bit in terms of like heels and faces. Yeah, because next week you've got Mojo versus Zach. Who wins that? Well, whoever wins faces a face. Bobby Roode. Mojo. So pretty clear. Do Mojo's, I think can maybe take it all? Ooh, Mojo's. It. You think Mojo's taking it all? Maybe. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the bottom line is, is that it's kind of it kind of shows their hand a little bit in terms of breaking. You know, by heel and face, who's going to win? What? I did not in any, at any point think Aiden English was winning this week, for example. Um, but it is it is going to be a bunch of matches we don't normally see. Guys getting a spotlight they don't normally get. Uh, I think it's heading towards some good matches. So, yeah, all in all, and I and I love it when instead of just having random matches that are put together for no reason, you have tournaments because tournaments make sense in the wrestling lands as a sports, the sports part of the sports entertainment. Yes. If you keep it sports-ish, yep. it makes more sense and it gives you a storyline with almost no work. Exactly. And lasts for weeks on end yep. and is the perfect pre- uh, premise to leading up to a culmination at a big pay-per-view And event. instead of having matches made on the fly, you know when certain matches are happening and you can get excited for them go, you know, in the future. I'm yep. excited for Zack and Mojo rematch next week and then so on and so forth. You know, We get you to know banter on the show and we get to fantasy book around all kinds of stuff. The, yeah, I love tournaments. Yep. I, you, I, you can't give them to me enough. Absolutely. The one last thing I wanted to say since we brought, since I just said what I said about Mojo, I kind of wanted to clarify that a little bit. Um, it's de- to me, it's definitely going to be Mojo against Bobby Roode based on what you just said in that semifinals bracket uh, over on the left side or whatever. So I, he, he also cut a pretty sick promo that I want to give him props on. It was on the Tron or it was just on TV or whatever, but it was one of the most, it was death stare, deadpan, I'm going to effing kill you. Yeah, and the best part and I was believed him. the best part was you had later on you had Baron Corbin in the exact same setup, uh, do, also doing straight into the camera, also cutting the, almost the same kind of promo. Only he's announcing his entrance in the Royal Rumble, and it just showed how much better Mojo is at promos than Baron Corbin. And they're playing a very similar character, mm-hmm. um, but Mojo is just on that next level. And if you saw his promos leading into Clash of Champions for his match with Zack Ryder, good point. They were just sick. The yep. dude is the dude is. Uh, a great, a very underrated and great promo guy, and I've come around on him in a big way from back in his NXT days. Well, he's I, come you know, a long way since WrestleMania last year when he did the thing with Gronk or whatever. He's come that a long was. way since the last two years when Where? he was an unsafe worker. The first time they called him up, and he went back down to NXT yeah. to get more work done. He is uh, leaps and bounds. I'm definitely coming around in a big way on Mojo, and a large part of it has to do with just how money he is on the mic. That part where he just went, woo, woo, 
woo, and just stared right into the camera. And I just yeah. went, damn, dude. He's got the snake damn. eyes. He's got the snake eyes going on. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we can't get out of talking about SmackDown Live without talking about the the stuff that was just absolute dog shit, if I'm going to be blunt ah, and ah, honest, ah. Uh, that's going on here towards the end of the show. First and foremost, the welcoming committee. I can't believe they're still calling it one that. One of the most awful promos I think I've seen. And speaking of good promos, Natty is not. <sighs> I, I do like what she's trying to do. It just it doesn't, doesn't connect with me. It's not working, but they, um, they need to let Lana do what she's good at, which is promos and be a sort of advocate leader for that group of women. And they also need to stop having the woman line up in a line yeah. and then give the mic to one and then the other and then the other go down the line. Okay, it's your turn. In the, in okay, the most, it's your turn. And they try to make it sound natural, but it feels so unnatural yeah. because of because of how they're working. And Tamina should never talk again. Yes. Among other things. <laughs> But anyway, so we had a match three on three, the welcoming committee, the ones that wrestle at least, not Lana, uh, versus the Riot Squad. And the Riot Squad won, I would say, fairly handily, which they needed. And it's the most vicious they've looked. Uh, Ruby Riot is getting better and better at playing a heel. That's the upside. That's the good stuff. She had a really intense promo after the match. Yes, she She grabbed the mic and I wasn't sure what the hell she was saying. But it's it sounded good if I didn't listen to the words. The intensity was there. The intensity was absolutely there. Um, and that was great, but that promo that they that they were giving after the match was ended was interrupted by Charlotte Flair, who then introduced the hometown girl herself, Naomi, who yes. got a huge pop, and then they introduced the returning Becky Lynch, who got a bigger pop than Naomi in her hometown, which I was very happy to see because I was worried that people would have kind of cooled on Becky Lynch while she was gone. You know, one other thing that I noticed was there were a lot of empty seats in Orlando in SmackDown at Smack at the SmackDown Live and on Raw. Well, uh, there's a specific reason I'm calling out SmackDown Live because it was in Orlando, and you've also got one of kind of the the gems of NXT for the last couple of years in Ruby Riot coming out for that, and they were dead for all of those girls that had just come up from NXT from Full Sail right there in Orlando. I want to make something out of that, but I can't make something out of that because I'm not sure it's the same fan base. I'm actually pretty sure it's not. And even if it was, even if everyone who gets into Full Sail on a weekly basis was in that arena, that's a really small percentage of that arena. You know what I mean? Maybe a thousand people. That's a section. Yeah, That's one section. (laughs) And they're not loud enough to actually make any appreciable difference, really. Uh, I was disappointed, I guess is what I want to say. I expected more, Orlando. I wasn't too happy with the crowds overall, although they were hot for some of the big matches. The Roman Reigns, uh, Samoa Joe match was hot. That Joe was a is loud... over as right now. <laughs> Just hearing the Joe, Joe, oh, Joe. And, and they, were, they were cheering for that match like crazy. And there was some matches. I mean, they were into the AJ versus Sammy match. Like They, they, they perked up for certain matches. Yep. They just didn't have consistent energy. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. When I see people sitting at ringside in the middle of a match where Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens are ringside right there five feet from you and you're staring at your phone, I'm sorry. I have no respect for you because you paid hundreds of dollars more than likely to get those seats way in advance and you can't even be bothered to not be on Facebook during one of the biggest I have events to, of the I week. I have to say, I definitely had a very similar thought about the crowd in the, the last this week in the last two days, especially contrasting to the crowds we had the previous couple of yeah. weeks in Chicago and whatnot. But, you know, I had to, I was thinking about that and just the difference between these crowds and, as we were saying, the Attitude Era crowds or even the uh, Ruthless Aggression crowds yeah. where they were just jumping up and down the entire time and everyone's just hyped the entire show. 
it's much it's much more muted these days and i and i don't know what to blame it on that being said there was a member of the crowd this week that i was really happy to see and that was the mailman himself carl malone Did you see him diamond throwing up? the ddp, the DDP. Sign, reminding me of his great feud back in the day yes with rodman against the nwo that was a nice little callback moment nice 94 Something like that, yeah. yeah. And I, I saw Rusev met with him backstage on Instagram. Oh, cool! Rusev's a total basketball nerd, so he <laughs> okay. was just—you could tell he was—he was marking out, marking yeah. out for the Malone. So that was a nice little moment. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, so it looks like we're gonna have a three-on-three feud in the women's division between uh, Charlotte, Naomi, and Becky against the Riot Squad. That'll be fun to fill a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could see some good matches coming out of that, but I'm still just—I don't care about the women's division. And I'm really sad to say this, but another thing I don't care about anymore. Is Breezango, the Ascension, and the Bludgeon Brothers? I don't know where the hell they're going with this. We had another week where Breezango was stuck into a match with the Bludgeon Brothers by their supposed friends, the Ascension. Yeah, and the Ascension came out for the save this week. Instead, the Ascension got caught and got beat down. The match never technically started, never if I remember really right. Started, yeah. The whole thing is just weird, and I don't know what. I mean, I don't know if this is just. They're they're biding their time and waiting for something for like the right time for things to really kick off on yeah. this feud, or if they don't know what they're where they're going with it. I don't know, and it doesn't. It's not doing anything for me right. Well, now. by the way, I generally like the Bludgeon Brothers entrance, but they're starting to drag it out to be Undertaker caliber of length. Like I'm, I just, they're oh, just I walking down the, the ramp. It's been the same length, and it's been as insufferable to me <laughs> as it always has. Uh, they they need. Eh, they, I, I don't they, know what they're doing. Once they get in the ring and murder people, I like them. Uh, everything aside from that, yep, <laughs> nope, um, not a fan. So hopefully that starts to move somewhere because right now yeah, it's, away. it's it's making me sad. Yes, it's making me very sad. Well, hey guys, that's Raw and SmackDown for this week. We can't get out of here without going over some other noteworthy notes, such as what happened on NXT this week, which was not really anything special other than a full recap of what went down in 2017. If you didn't watch NXT in 2017, this is a damn good episode to start with because it catches you up on all the storylines for the last year, and it shows you all of the coolest moments. If you did watch NXT, it's cool because you get to relive a lot of those moments you may have forgotten about and some of the cool highlights that happened this year, and there was a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff this year on NXT. Another bonus to this episode is that there is a match that we've never seen before between Drew McIntyre and Adam Cole with Shawn Michaels huh? as the special guest referee. Okay, now I do have to go watch this because I didn't watch it because I heard it was only a recap. Oh, no. So I have to go watch this Big now. Shawn Michaels and little Shawn Michaels in the ring together. <laughs> the prodigal son? Sort of. What? And I will, I will tease you. I'll wet your whistle a little bit more. Sweet Chin Music does come out. I thought you were going to say Triple H came out, too. Because <laughs> be- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and then he beat everybody and yeah. raises his own DX'd, hand. and you know, yeah. crossed his head, No, 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 no. It was actually it's, it was a pretty good match, and there's all kinds of outside interference, of course, and, and it's Shawn Michaels. So worth a look. We also had uh, a match at NXT Philadelphia announced, and that's Aleister Black versus Adam Cole. Whew. So that's a match to look forward to. And that's uh, the day before the Royal Rumble, correct? That is correct, sir. Well, Aleister Black continuing to make his case to be the number one contender for the NXT championship. Except that he just lost the number one contendership to Johnny Gargano. I get that. I'm still not on board with it, though. Is you on board with Johnny Gargano? No. You're going to be on board with it when Johnny Gargano has almost on the ropes. He's ready to beat him. And Ciampa comes out and screws him over. And the greatest feud of 2018 begins. Calling. 
I agree with everything you said up to the point where Johnny Gargano was in the NXT Championship match. I, I just, I, I he think, is. He's I think, the number one contender. I he's understand got this- that. That's what I can't get on board with. It's what? Fine. Whatever. It's. Fine. Do we want to do this now? No, we'll save it. Okay. Because we have to give a quick rundown of Wrestle Kingdom before we get out of here. Okay. Because well, no spoilers, though. No spoilers. I will be a good boy, and I will not say anything I could get in trouble for for people who haven't seen it. Like me. Like you. Yes. But what I will do is wet the whistles of anyone who has not seen Wrestle Kingdom. My body is ready. Yes. So we had a bunch of matches. I know we've run them down before, but I'm going to give you a quick primer again. We've got a sh- just a ton of titles on the line, including the junior heavyweight tag titles. Rapongi 3K is show and yo. Uh, it's Rocky Romero's boys. They have the tag titles. They came out of nowhere. They're fantastic. They came back from excursion and they won the tag titles. And now the young bucks are coming gunning for their seventh tag titles in a row. Wow. And if you don't think this match is going to steal the show, you have never seen these guys wrestle show and yo, you may not have heard of them, but they are legit as hell. And the young bucks are the freaking young bucks, right? So that's going to be an awesome match. It'll probably be early in the show. You've got the uh, never six man tag belt on the line. It means it's a three man team. Right now, Bullet Club has it. It's Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa. They have the belt, and they're bad boys. They did the Tangaloa uh, and Tamatanga just barely missed out on being the tag champs back in the in the in the uh, the recent tag tournament that we just had. They just missed out on that, but they went and got the Never Belts. So now there's a gauntlet match, meaning that you have everyone having to go through. It's uh, one team comes out, then the next team comes out. Whoever wins that goes on to face another team, and so on and so forth. The last team out are the champions. So they face the battered remains of whoever makes it through the rest of it. So, and this is mm. basically everyone who didn't have a match is going to be in this. So you got, you got people like uh, Toru Yanu, Trent Beretta, Ishii, are going to be on a team Damn. for chaos. You have a team that's Michael Big Mike Elgin, the asshole who I hope gets his ass kicked in. <laughs> okay, but he's there with War Machine. Uh, they're on a team. Those three big boys are on a team Jesus. together. Uh, and I frankly think they're going to lose pretty quickly because everyone hates Michael Elgin now. And War Machine is is going to NXT. They're going to go to NXT. Um, War Machine versus Suzuki Gun, of course, is going to show what? up. Uh, <laughs> And then Taguchi Japan, which is uh, Togi Makabe, Juice Robinson, Ryusuke Taguchi, that should, they're always fun to watch. So that's right. going to be just a slobber knocker of a match. Uh, one that's kind of disappointing, I thought, was uh, Cody Rhodes versus Kota Ibushi. This was going to be for the Ring of Honor title. Now it's just a one-on-one match. And it, to me, it's kind of it's Cody Rhodes having to prove himself. Because you, I mean, you, you know that Kota Ibushi is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yes. You've seen him. Most people have seen him from the Cruiserweight Classic. Yes. Right? But watch his matches besides that. The dude is just a phenomenon. He's a freak of nature. Now, why did Cody still wrestle in this match if it was a title match and not Dalton Castle who took the the Ring of Honor championship off of Cody? I mean, that's really the question. I think that it should. Dalton Castle should have come over and challenged Cody Ibushi. Uh, I think it's just that it's Cody and Cody just swung his weight around because, you know, it's It's Cody. It's Cody, basically. Huh. Um, I, I think it has the potential of still being a good match. It just doesn't have the weight that it did back when Cody was the Stakes. Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. The stakes aren't there anymore, so it'll probably still be a, a fun match to watch. I just I'm not as excited for it. And as You kind of look like a doofus because you lost the Ring of Honor belt to Dalton Castle. So uh, anyway, a little bit. Um, but but that being said, if you want to have a, a good match with some big stakes. There's the heavyweight tag titles, mm-hmm. which is Killer Elite Squad, Davy Boy Smith Jr., you know, British Bulldogs kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lance Archer, who's this massive biker-looking dude. They're both big boys. They're big dudes. They're big in any 
in any promotion. They're huge in a Japanese promotion, and they're the champs right now. And they're facing off against Evil and Sonata, who just won that tag tournament. So Evil and Sonata are Los Ingobernables. They just, got, you know, they're on a roll. Evil's had probably the biggest year of his career. Sonata's looking really good. But they're still, they're giving up about six inches apiece to Killer Elite Squad. <laughs> so that's going to be a slobber. Knock. They're, they're going to have to overcome a big mountain to win that match. Wow. Um, another match that's going to, that, the one I'm, what I'm really excited for is Minoru Suzuki, who you know I'm a freak for. Yeah. He's the crazy sadist Yakuza guy. Yeah. And it's him facing off against uh, Hiroki Goto, who's like the old kind of samurai, like badass dude. Well, so Minoru Suzuki is the never openweight champion. He's held this championship ever since he beat Goto last year for it. And he's had no reason to try and give Goto a chance at a rematch. He's like, I don't give a fuck about you. I don't care. What does the never open weight mean? What is that? Uh, so that's basically, that's, it means that there's no weight division. Anyone can go for it. It's oh, another okay. division of New Japan. There's the IWGP, which is the big belt. And the never is basically like another division. Gotcha. Uh, but it's so the, anything it, goes as far as weight class. Uh, yeah, think know. of it kind of like the intercontinental. It's not the intercontinental. You have the intercontinental, the U.S. You have the. And it's kind of like a, maybe a European championship okay. level yeah. of uh, you know. So it's it's there. It's still a legitimate belt. It's just not as big as the other well three now. Uh, but Suzuki has been holding on to this never championship all year. He just beat Toru Yano recently right. to retain it. Uh, and he would he wouldn't give Goto the time of day until Goto said fine. I'll shave my head, which is a big deal in Japan. It's like I it's a disgraceful thing, especially for a guy who kind of fashions himself after a samurai. It's like, fine, I'll disgrace myself. I'll humble myself to you if you can beat me. And Minoru Suzuki said, cool, we'll have the match. I'll make sure Suzuki gun is not at ringside. We'll have no seconds. It'll just be you and me and we'll fight it out hair for hair. I'll put my hair on the line, too. So whoever loses shaves their head in disgrace and walks away, the winner gets the never open weight belt. It's samurai cutting their top knots off. It's samurai versus Yakuza. Oh. It's it's just it's like heroic badass versus psychopath. I'm it's, salivating. Dude, and these are two dudes who like to beat the crap out of other people. If there so, ever was one, this might be a somebody's gonna die match. It's definitely a someone might <laughs> die match. Like <laughs> Anytime you have a Minoru Suzuki match, someone might Somebody die. Somebody might die. And it's usually a young lion by the ringside. He'll just oh. take them out. So, yeah, that's, that's. I've seen the match, and I'll just say the hype is real. Like, okay. that, was, that was one of my surprise favorite matches on the card. It was really, really good, and the, the ending was amazing. Uh, the Junior Heavyweight Championship match is another one to look out for. Uh, it's four of the greatest high flyers in the world, best technical dudes in the world. All facing off has been a great story build for this for a long time. Some of the story for this match has gone on for years. Uh, wow. Like, for instance, Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay. Ospreay has, hasn't been able to pin Marty in years. He's been, that's a monkey on his back. He can't pin Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull has been saying for a long time, death, taxes, Ospreay gets beaten by Skrull. That's the three constants. <laughs> okay. All right. You've got Hiromu Takahashi, who lost the belt to Kushida, who's also in the match. Right. He lost it to him earlier this year after he humiliated Kushida, beat him in under two minutes uh, back at Sakura Genesis, I believe. And then Kushida came back after being humiliated and won it from him in a monster of a match at Dominion. So they've had a long running feud. And as I said, Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay have had a, had a long-running feud. So right there, you have the two, guys, the two different pairs having long-running feuds. Right. This is the way it breaks down for this match. So you had uh, Kushida was the champ. Hiromu tries to challenge him again for a rematch. Will Ospreay comes out and one-punch KOs Hiromu in the oh. ring and then challenges uh, Kushida 
goes on to beat him. So now Osprey's your champ. So Hiromu comes back out to try and challenge Osprey. Well, Marty Skrull jumps in the ring and breaks Hiromu's fingers and then steps in his way and he challenges Osprey. And as I said, death taxes, Skrull beat Osprey and he became the champ. And so then after that, Kushida, Osprey, and Hiromu all came out to challenge Marty Skrull. Now, of course, Hiromu came out in gloves and a helmet so he wouldn't get knocked out or get his fingers broken again. Right. Uh, but so they became a fatal four-way. Okay. All four of these guys. And they are all, as I said, world-class workers. This match was awesome. Wow. Awesome. Definitely. Uh, that's, that match alone worth the cost of signing up on NewJapan.com. Mm. Uh, and then the three big matches, you have the Intercontinental Championship being defended by the ace himself, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the, the John Cena of uh, New Japan, uh, only with much better hair. <laughs> and he's well put. It's, it's true. Uh, and he's getting challenged by Jay White, the returning Jay White, who's now known as Switchblade, uh, who's uh, he was out in Ring of Honor for a while. He's from New Zealand. Great, right. great wrestler. Cool look. Uh, that, should, that was a good match. And then uh, the big matches, the two, the co-main events, the one that everyone's been talking about, which was Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Wow. I will say no more than this was not what I expected, but it was looking back, I should have expected it. And it was a lot of brutality. Interesting. Very, very good match. Uh, Long Jericho. I can't believe at 47, he does what he does. And this was more kind of Kenny Omega kind of coming to Jericho's style, but Jericho still, he just, he can go, he can go uh, absolutely a fantastic match. And then of course the main, the big main event, the this one we've is been what building I was going to ask you about the one we've been building for, for four years, yeah, I was gonna say three years, almost four years, oh. arguably since. So this is Katsu, uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito. The last time they main evented wrestle kingdom together was four years ago. And it was actually supposed to be the main event. It was the last time they had a match at Wrestle Kingdom. It was supposed to be the main event, and the fans were allowed to vote on what should the main event be. And they voted that Naito Okada was not the main event. They voted that Naito was not the main event, and he's been insulted by that ever since. And the fans, you know, he's been trying to get the fans back on his side. Part of his whole uh, tranquilo thing of like, I don't give a fuck, which is part of his whole character, is because, you know, screw the fans. I'm going to do my own thing. And it's and his whole thing about throwing stuff back into the audience. And like, he, went, he won the G1. He was going to throw the trophy into the audience. Well, and, and that was a callback to the fact that he won the Intercontinental belt uh, and didn't give a shit about it. Immediately threw it away and started, dis- and started actively destroying it and disrespecting the Intercontinental belt because oh. he said, I shouldn't be the IC champ. I should be the champ. This belt means nothing to me. This belt is an insult to me. Wow. Uh, I don't care about this belt, which, and of course, he lost it to Tanahashi back at Dominion. Okay, so how was it? Tell me about it. The main event? Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, as you would expect. Did it get a Meltzer six star? I can't say it's a six star. There was nothing that was six stars on this card. There's nothing should ever be six stars. It breaks the whole <laughs> fucking thing. Uh, I don't think there was any match that was five stars on here. There was definitely a whole bunch of four, seven, fives and some four, fives. Uh, there was nothing that was to me below a three, seven, five on this. It was, this was a fantastic pay-per-view all around i cannot wait to go over it with you because there are some there's some awesome stuff in this pay-per-view and there's some stuff that i was not ready to be as awesome as it was well i know i'm hyped i can't wait to watch it i hate that i missed it but but 
Damn it, stop showing shit at 3 in the morning. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, a couple thank you for do, for breaking all of that down and for hyping me up. I hope you guys are hyped up as well, listeners. But uh, we're we starting, starting to trickle in some of the first combinations for the WWE Mixed Match Challenge, and I wanted to run down a couple of those real quick. Moving back to this side of the Pacific. Yes, uh, Sasha and Finn Balor. Sasha Banks and Finn Balor good teaming team. up. Good That's team. a good team. Lana and Rusev. Yes. They're uh, back to... Aw. It's... Come on, man. No. No. Come on. How no, can you be so mad about this no. on Rusev Day? That's fine. Every, well, okay. Every day's Rusev. Charlotte and Bobby Roode. Yeah. That's a good matchup as well. And then the one I think that you're probably the most excited for and certainly made the, the best meme, the best uh, like quick video that I've seen online is uh, Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss. I don't know. Have you seen the video of this, the online video of this? I've, I've not. I, they had a poster of it on on Facebook. But if I had to, if this was like an all star game kind of thing, you just picked my picks for male and female all stars of 2017, and now they're going to pair up together. Yeah, and they're both the opposites. One's five foot tall. One's almost seven. Well, foot. this is what the cutest thing was: is that they're announcing who Alexa Bliss's uh, uh, whatever tag partner is. Yeah, and uh, they say, "Oh, by the way, Braun Strowman." And of course. Their camera's down on Alexa Bliss's level, and it pulls way back. And Braun walks in. She comes up to his belly button. Yeah. Maybe. And he puts <laughs> I was going to say, she's one of his legs. And he puts a paw around her and goes, don't worry, little girl, I got this one, or something to that effect. I'll help you. We'll together. We'll get this. And he just kind of squeezes her a little bit, and she gives this look on her face like she's about to get squashed. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, was, it was a beautiful moment. I just I can't even imagine who they're going to go up against. I mean, poor Finn Balor if they get matched up against Sasha and Finn. Well, <sighs> we have a lot of people that that are that we know are going to be in it that haven't uh, been put into teams yet. Yeah. Uh, Alicia Fox, Oscar, Bailey, Goldust, Nia Jax is still get to be put into a, a, a one. Uh, the Miz, uh, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Jimmy Uso, Naomi, Natalia, Sami Zayn, and Shinsuke Nakamura still isn't on a team. Mm. Uh, okay. And then we have some fan votes to figure out some other members. You've got uh, on Raw, you've got Jason Jordan or Elias or Samoa Joe with a fan vote. I think we know Duh. who's going to get that. <laughs> and then the fan vote for a member of the New Day over on SmackDown is going to be the extra additional one over there. That could be interesting. So it's a three-way vote for one of those members? Yes, exactly. So those are all the people that aren't on teams yet. be surprised if Kofi doesn't win that. Uh, I think you'd be surprised. I think that, uh, I mean, with internet presence, Xavier might have it. You think so? Okay. I do. I do. I mean, <laughs> he's got how many people watching up, up, down, down now? A lot. That's what and I'm saying. It's a bigger following than the new if, day. If we're just, if we're just going by uh, internet popularity, I would wager that up, up, down, down sells more merch than new day merch in the WWE. I think that's absolutely wrong. I, I think, <laughs> I think they, I think new day sells a shit ton of merch. Uh, Maybe not but, anymore. I mean, Maybe up, up, down, year. down sells a lot of stuff. I mean, he's probably outselling. I They're don't know. even wearing up, up, down, down stuff on WWE. Oh, he's, what he's, had, he's had it on his tights for almost like over years, probably. I understand. I understand. So. Just saying. Well, hey, before we get too far down that crazy rabbit hole, that's the show for this week, guys. This has been a really fun one. Thank you, Ian, for all the great bants. Uh, we will be back early next week after Nick's lazy ass 
gets up at three in the morning and finally gets around to watching wrestling. But you can watch 12. it anytime you want now. I it's know. replayable I know. anytime, buddy. It will be this weekend. We will be back next week to do our full breakdown like we normally do with our WWE pay-per-views early next week. Also, more WWE coming up. We've got Raw, SmackDown, and a new NXT next week, all leading to both TakeOver and the Royal Rumble coming up here in, I guess, three weeks now. Yeah, it's coming up, coming up quick on us. You can also come join us over on the Facebook group at the Busted Wide Open Discussion Group. Just search for Busted Wide Open. You'll find us listed under groups there. We'd love to chat with you. What do you think about Wrestle Kingdom? What was your favorite match? And what are you most excited about? And JPWWorld.com. Just saying. Yes. And it's like eight bucks on Amazon. It's like nothing. It's, it's you silly. Can, yeah, you get on the Fire Stick. You can watch on the Fire Stick. Yeah. You can watch on the computer. You don't even have to plug your computer in. If you've got a $30 Amazon Fire TV, Fire Stick TV, whatever the hell There's they call There's an Android app for it. Yeah. yeah, that too. If you've got a Chromecast, you can cast it to your TV. All that good stuff. Uh, we want to hear from you. Come hang out with us. Come chat with us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook or send us a tweet at BWO Podcast. Follow us there. We also always do some uh, live tweeting of some of these events, just not Wrestle Kingdom at 3 in the morning. Uh, I was up for it. I know what's you wrong up, with you. But you, you had the Twitter account. You could have said something. But I know. Eight hours of live tweeting is, is enough to drive anyone mad. Uh, last but certainly not least, if you want to support this show and rock some sweet swag heading into the new year, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store, pick up some sweet swag, etc. Coffee mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of good stuff. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.